0: I just want to get straight to it. I want everyone to know that Chelsea's in the house and that we did a wonderful intro to you last week and you're here and you're back. And I want to thank you for being back. I don't even know where today's going to take us. I am so open for this experience. Every-
1: I'm a 27 year old communication strategist literally just trying to figure things out as they happen when the going gets tough I'll usually keep going but first I'm going to make sure I'm caffeinated cry throw a tantrum then um, scream into my pillow if I need to but then we're going to move forward and just like you I'm not sure if things are ever going to be a hundred percent okay but it We got to be okay with that. We don't have to be victims in our story. We can leave victims put behind. And what are we going to do? We're going to go onward and upward from here. Because, I mean, sky's the limit for us. And, you know, I've learned a lot of different lessons and discoveries from my journey. And so I'm really excited to share a look into mine. I'm proud of the fact that I've been able to grow up, you know, 27 years of life, rocking the bangs still. My childhood was great. Um, Mm. And my what may seem tough to me and the, my struggles will sound like a cakewalk to other people because I know other people have gone through way more traumatic and serious things. And I, I respect that. I I have to say that I know that it, it's a privilege to have a good solid 10 years of life, yes. 10 years of a solid, happy childhood. Looking back now and I didn't realize it then is that I had stability. I had a lot of hope and I was, I was, I had a lot of comfort. I was always looking for like when am I gonna have macaroni and cheese next or whenever re- when was I going to go to Disneyland again mm. because I looked through my childhood family albums and it was like Disneyland photos everywhere and I'm in different outfits and they're different days and I'm like what a spoiled brat. Like I thrived my first ten years of life. I was talking to my dad a while ago and he shared, you know, my my grandfather's story of an eighth grade education and a business owner yeah. and I didn't know that I was like considered a brown person until Mm. i was in junior high to be honest as i shared with you before i feel like my 10 years of life have prepared me for when things were going to go down later like excuse my french but when shit was going to go down Mm -hmm. i had 10 years of like good years that I, i was ready like i was built for this i didn't realize it then but looking back i'm like I. I basically, I I could hold my
0: own when I was 10. Like, we got yeah. it figured out, and I'm thankful for that. There you go. Um, yeah, I asked you when I was reading your outline, like, what what that's like to have such a good life. And, you know, usually the stories that sell, right, if I could use that word, are the ones that are mm-hmm. really traumatic. And I'm not taking away from that. I had a traumatic childhood myself. And it is so refreshing, and it, I'm so happy to know that there are kids who have grown up—I don't want to even say normal, but happy—and their life consisted of Disneyland trips, sticker collections, Hello Kitty. I mean, that's awesome. I'm—I am grateful that you had that. And if oh, you're you. a listener, and that's what you have, there's no shame in that whatsoever. And that's what I love about a story—it connects. Automatically, I didn't have a good life, but Hello Kitty, I connected with you right away. I knew that <laughs> macaroni and cheese. I knew that. And that's the beauty of a story. You usually remember what places you were at, the what you sensed, right? What you smelled, what you heard. And it's a good memory. And those come back. So if a child can't make it to Disneyland yet, let's say that's just not a possibility for that family. Mm-hmm. What kind of things would you recommend for them to experience Disney?
1: I think for me, it was about going to the movies
0: um, Uh, as a
1: kid. That man took me to the movies several mm -hmm. times when Pocahontas came out. That parent connection with the movies is such a great opportunity. Um, For example, when Lion King came out, my dad took me to see Lion King when it first came out. I think it came out in 1994, so I was like, maybe like one. Yeah. Um, I was born in 93. So I think I was a toddler when it came out or a small child. And when the new version or the, you know, the life, what is it? Yes. I don't know With the real animals came mm-hmm. out. I got to take my dad to that movie. So it was just oh, a fun my experience. Goodness.
0: Yes.
1: Um, and I mean, we had a great time with it. So it's like the movies, I think are a big part of it. Um, the books, just the stories. I mean, I feel like it's so heartbreaking to see that Disneyland is becoming further and further out of reach for for parents just right. hoping to experience those things with their kids. But I don't think that if you can't take your kid to Disneyland, they won't have a great childhood. Right. Because I, I remember zoo trips with my parents and walking sure. in the park and um, learning how to ride a bike with my dad, um, crashing into the mailbox on my bike, <laughs> still crooked to this day. All of these memories. Oh, they left it just-
0: crooked. Like, did it they ever fix an, it? It's,
1: it's, it's still a
0: tweet. Okay.
1: Well, it's a community mailbox, so it's all oh, planted. So, okay. I mean, I'm an urban legend. But, I mean, just those experiences with family, learning how to roller skate in the driveway. Yes. I think it's less about the place and more about mm. the time spent talking, learning, and just showing compassion. I mean, I don't have any kids yet. Right. Um, but i i when i look back at my childhood and how happy i was i always think of spending time with my parents and and just all the laughter that we had uh, my parents were just middle class they you know busted their butt for everything they have in fact they yeah. still work so hard but i think seeing that and then having them pause and take time for me those are the memories that i cherish the most
0: yes and and that's so important, Chelsea. Oh, I love every word that you just shared. And it's the connection. It's the time. It's not how much money you're spending on your kids. It's that you're spending time with them and you're making these memories and that you had good laughter. You know, I'm sure it was the from the gut kind of laughter that felt <laughs> like, you know, the kind that hurt, but man, it feels so good after and or even during. And mm-hmm. I think in our society today, there's just this ideations of how, how much money you should spend, and you know, the most expensive device and electronics, games and stuff like that. And I'm hearing from you that the things that you cherished was time, the bike rides, the you know, just your dad being there. and, and that's the beauty of memories. You can't take that away. Um, you had mentioned music. You know, I'm a big music Mm -hmm. person.
1: Oh, music. Yes.
0: And music. Yes. Talk about music in your memories. Music is therapeutic in that music is therapeutic with stress and, and important in a child's life to already have that. All those things you mentioned is a perfect formula for someone to grow into adulthood with just like this amazing perspective. Like there's no limits right? Imagination mm-hmm. goes crazy and you kind of keep that childlike mind. And I love that. And I think I have that even at my age. And so I'm going to age myself here, Chelsea. My daughter was born in 94. And so, really? yes, Aww. but I think even, at, and I had her young, I was 20. So I'm not that old. Thank you very much. But I'm, you I know, say, Chelsea, you're not, no, I'm you're not. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's kept me I don't want to say relevant. I think what's kept me interesting, I think what's kept me just, I have fun. I I have joy and it's, it's apparent and it's that childlike wonder at things. It's not being afraid to ask the questions. It's not being afraid to share your story when you're thinking, what is someone going to get out of this? If you have kids and you're listening, it's not too late to spend time with them. It's not too late to make those memories. Not too late to watch a movie and just sing a goofy song
1: even now as like you know twenty seven and my parents are older, they're like you know approaching mid fifties now, I still take such a pride, and I get so giddy and excited excited when they take an interest in my work. And when we have these conversations or when they take an interest in a project that I'm working on, it brings Mm. me that same childlike joy that it did when, you know, my parents would dance with me in the driveway or when we would practice whoo-hoop. I love Um, that. That same joy comes now, even as an adult, and when they take an interest in what I'm doing. So it's, I mean, I had the, I don't want to sound like a snot, but my parents did whatever they could. So I had the best. Yeah. But I don't even remember what the best was looking back. I don't remember the toys and mm-hmm. all of those things. I just remember them being there and them yes. taking an interest in my life.
0: Chelsea, thank you so much for giving us a picture of what we could give our kids. I don't. My kids are grown. But let me tell you, when I have grandchildren, I'm going to remember this story. Thank you, Chelsea, so much for being here.
1: Thanks, Jen.
0: You're welcome. And to everybody listening, I hope you have a wonderful day. I spent some time last night and looked at my lifeline after talking to Chelsea about her childhood. She mentioned things like her father and going to Disneyland and movies and stories and time together to connect. My lifeline has always started with my dad's death. So I was 10 years old when dad died and life drastically changed. And so if anyone has ever heard me talk about my lifeline, that's where it begins. I come from a very, very big family, um, I believe we're 64 cousins, and we grew up very, very close. My cousins were my friends and my grandmother. I mean, she babysat all of us every day during the summer, um, if she needed to after school, before school. During the weekends, we were always together. So my cousins would arrive, and oh, it was such a joyful time. And you could just hear all the laughter. My grandpa, my grandma, the the kids, us. We were playing. Always had music going on, and it's so part of who I am. Right? Like if anyone knows me, I I'm very extroverted. You get me in a party, and I'm I'm talking. I'm I'm hanging out. That's how I grew up. Um, And then when we talk about my mom and dad, what it was like to see my mom and my dad just love on each other. And it saddens me that I failed to recognize who I am and how I was brought up. And I apologize to my mom, to anyone that I, I didn't give full credit for, full credit, all the people who had hands in raising myself and my cousins, another wonderful childhood memory back to my dad is just who he was as a person. I, I, we lived in one area and he drove all the way to LA for work. So mom and dad, very hardworking young parents. Before he died, the legacy he left even at such a young age was that he, he was a homeowner, He sent my brother and I to private school. My mom and dad survived a divorce and then fell in love and remarried and thus they had my sister. Dad loved music. He introduced music to my life. My mom's a singer. She introduced music to my life and we'd sing and we'd laugh and we'd tell jokes. These are the memories I have and these are the memories I suppressed because so much tragedy had happened after that. And I'm just at a moment in my life where I'm recalling, where I'm remembering. So I'm going to ask you, what are some things that you've suppressed? What are some some things that were good that you no longer recognized or recognize today? Because, you know, we're so focused on the negative. And I know that statistically. And there have been studies to show that the negative stuff is the stuff that you remember. And I challenge you today to remember the positive stuff, the things that made you strong, the people who who gave of themselves to you, their time, their energy. You know, I think of who I am and and my purpose and my mission is about people. And I've even defined that acronym and it's placing everyone on positive levels every day. Where did I get that from? I got that from my dad, essentially. That's who he was. So that was my challenge to myself is, Jen, you've got to recall things that we don't want to talk about, things that are hurtful. Yes, we know that exists. And sometimes I just dwell on that. And I give that credit for making me strong. But if it weren't for the other things around it, if it weren't for the fact that my dad spoke up for me every single time, like you're not going to mess with my daughter. I love her. I'm going to protect her. And I believe it was that love that protected me in spite of.
2: In spite of. But I'm sorry, Jen, I have to jump in here. I've I've heard two wonderful stories. I've listened to Chelsea and her blissful childhood, and I've listened to how you've come full circle in your childhood, remembering some of the negative things that happened to you, and now a lot of the positive things that's happened to you. Mm -hmm. But I just have to pause you for one brief second and ask one crucial question that I'm sure everyone is thinking What did grandma do with 64 cousins?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's insane. So, okay. You know, sometimes when you tell a story, it might be a little exaggerated. Here's the thing. We had some cousins actually that still uh, lived in the Philippines. So maybe not 64 all at one time, but cumulatively. Yes. But this is God's honest truth here. Um, She probably had. 25 to 30 at the same time wow yeah so you know potatoes potatoes tomatoes tomatoes
2: i i dealt with three kids of ours <laughs> you and, dealt with them yeah and i was overwhelmed so if you say Imagine. anything above let's say five i'm i'm sitting there right <laughs> going wow i just can't believe that but apparently grandma had something going on
0: yeah a lot going on Nice. The matriarch of, of the family, for sure. One of the strongest, if not the strongest woman I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: What a wonderful job she did with all of you. And um, I would love to hear from one of those 64 or a few of those 64 to get their perspective on how grandma was and how life was being around all those children.
0: Oh, I I, I have people in mind already. I hope that they will share. Because there are some stories. That would be for awesome. days on that, yeah. So tell
2: me this. Um, I, I really enjoyed
0: Chelsea's story.
2: And I, I really thought that she um, brought out a lot of things for people to reflect on in their own childhoods. Because we do forget some of those wonderful moments that our parents provided for us. Yeah, we do. T- share with me one moment that you had with your parents as a couple that just really stuck out for you. One moment. Just one moment. That it just changed everything from being this is mom and dad to wow, these are some pretty cool people. Okay,
0: so the first story that comes to my mind is I had a doctor's appointment. I even remember my pediatrician's name. That's that's a trip too, because I remember intense details from the time my dad was alive, including our address, Mm -hmm. our phone number. And this is at nine years old and before, you know, before that. So I remember my pediatrician and um, during my doctor's appointments, it would be my mom who would go with me and dad would stay in the waiting area. Right. And so the doctor said, you know, uh, you need to limit Jen's rice intake to one scoop and he did it with his hand. So he made like this form of a little circle. And he said, I mean, one scoop. And in my mind, I was like, that's hardly any kind of rice, <laughs> you know. And so my mom agreed and said, okay. And then we went out to the lobby where dad was. And he could tell I was upset. Okay. And he's like, what happened? And so my mom tells him and I repeat you know, he said that I can only have this much rice. And I did it with my little hand and the little scoop, um, the circle thing. And he he said bullshit. And <laughs> you know, we went to Chinatown and went to eat. Now, look, now should he have done that? No, but I just remember my mom and dad and, and who they were as parents. And a lot of funny times. And my mom, she just... Kind of looked and said, "Okay, let you know. Let's go eat."
2: Right, right, yeah. So it sounds like Dad
0: liked to feed people as oh, well. Oh yeah, he loved to feed people, and and Corey, we talked about this before. The things I hold on to, mm-hmm. a lot of it is linked to him, mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize that till we talked about it. Like I love to feed people. I love certain things like uh, stationery because it's just reminiscent of my time with him and the things that were specifically our time together.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. And and I can attest to this because I've experienced this myself. (laughs) Mom loved to feed people too. She fed me. I mean, I remember when we first started dating, how I would come over to your house and and mom would feed us every day. And we would watch (sighs) some of the most amazing amounts of TV that can be imagined and, and just really enjoy the food. And I remember thinking to myself, why would I ever go to a restaurant again when Mom cooks right. so fabulous? You know. Right. So yeah, um, I I just really wanted to ask a couple of those questions just to mm-hmm. get the perspective that you had now that you remember some of the good parts mm-hmm. of your life opposed to just some of the bad yeah. parts.
0: Can I say one more funny Absolutely. story? Absolutely. Because there's a few of them. Um, my dad was almost six feet. Okay. And a pretty strong looking guy. In fact, he played basketball in college and stuff like that. So, and he just had that look. Mm-hmm. And so when he picked me up from school, every, all the kids would be like, Jen, your dad's here. And they, they'd whisper. Cause like they were scared of him. And I always wondered like, why are you guys whispering? Didn't think twice about it. Um, one night, cause we were big uh, into eating dinner at the table. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we said our prayer before we were about to eat and the phone rings and I even remember the phone, Corey. I remember where it was. It was hung up on a wa- on um, one of the walls in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It was green. One of those long rectangular looking ones. Do you remember? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So the phone rings. Dad gets up, picks it up. And I hear him say hello. And he said, yes. And okay. And then hung up. And he gets back to the table, straight faced, you know, don't know what that phone call was about. And he was about to eat his food and he just started busting up laughing like uncontrollably. And my mom's looking and um, then he tells the story. So this kid called and said, hi, is this Genevieve's house? Because when I went where I went to school, they released the phone number for all phone numbers for all the kids. Right. So he asked if this is Genevieve's house. My dad says yes. And then um, the kid Alfonso says, "Um, is this Genevieve's dad? And my dad says, yes. He goes, I'm so sorry. I have the wrong number. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought I was going to get in trouble because a young boy called the house. Right. But no, dad, when we laughed, I I laughed out of like a relief. Right. Like, oh, gosh, thank you. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, I just wanted to really change the vibe a little bit before we left the elevator and, and just Allow us to be uplifted and leave on a good note. So uh, for those of you that are listening, I just want to encourage you again, as Jen did before. Enjoy the good moments and reflect on some of the positive things that's happened to you. Remember, look up. Let's be elevated.